Good morning. I'm Kylie Ross Seibert from Retail Alliance and welcome to Retailers Podcast. Today I'm joined again by my co-host Joey Morgan and today's guest Dr. Foster or Dr. Denise Foster from Hemphaven in Chesapeake. Welcome Dr. Foster. Good morning. Morning. Good to have you here. Thank you. um, And it's quite an interesting uh, company that you have started over there or, or joined as a franchise I believe. So tell us a little bit about that. I am, uh, first of all, a nurse. I have been an RN practicing in Hampton Roads for 37 years, and I have been uh, very intimately involved in both the clinical practice and in educational practice as well, because I've taught at a number of universities and colleges, including in the Hampton Roads area. And so when this phenomenon of medical cannabis began rolling across the country, Uh, we were faced with the fact that how do we help our patients understand and how do we help our patients use the medical cannabis products safely and appropriately? Because as in any drug, there's always room for uh, uh, confusion, misinformation, and actually abuse. So um, about five years ago, I was led to understand and led to look into the research related to medical cannabis And I transitioned into becoming a cannabis nurse, and that is a real thing. Uh, I was elected and served on the board of directors at the American Cannabis Nurses Association for two years, uh, where I was a secretary and led a few uh, chairs there in the committees. And with that knowledge of medical cannabis working with patients across the country, it became very clear to me, uh, based on the research, not only is it an effective and valid treatment, but it is also a safe and holistic treatment as well. There is no opportunity for toxicity. There are minor interactions related to some some of the pharmaceutical drugs, but more than that, I recognize that it actually does help people. And with that, I began to recognize how, how frustrating it is for our healthcare professionals, especially nurses. We are kind of caught in the middle with helping people become healthy and limited by the constraints of either education, what we can fit in a curriculum, or what we can provide in related to care because of the uh, regulations and restrictions. So we're really kind of on a, on a hamster's wheel, if you would, because we're not moving forward, we're not getting any healthier. And so I started looking around for an outfit. I was initially going to look into opening a hemp and CBD store independently, Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of startup costs. Um, so I have a vast network of cannabis nurses across the country who work either in a dispensary type setting, a medical dispensary type setting, or they work in a retail type setting. And so I kind of connected with one particular cannabis nurse who turned me on to the fact that Hemp Haven has a franchise opportunity. And I thought, well, that, that would be a great way for this non-business person, I'm a nurse, not a business person, to uh, dip my toe in the water. Somebody who's already put together the blueprint, someone who already has a track record of success, because in Missouri, where they originated in Kansas City, they had uh, eight franchises within two years. So I was the ninth. I am the only one on the East Coast. The concentration of them is in, is in Missouri. And so I am the first on the East Coast. And just after I opened, about two, three months later, they had another opening in 
San Antonio, Texas. So now we number 10 and we continue to grow with this model because our model is very different. Uh, they quickly embraced my approach to them because number one, I am a nurse and I have the same values and the same mission, which is to educate and empower our communities to understand and use these products for wellness and not just to sell you something because I have a lot of stock in the back. Mm -hmm. So it fit my model it, and they we're doing very well in the success uh, of this because of this approach. We're not just your, your, uh, your standard CBD hemp store. We, we don't uh, focus on selling the product. We focus on selling the knowledge. And then with that, I also use my education and coaching as a nurse because people are coming to me and want to understand these products and how to use them. Okay. So quick question then, then as a nurse um, and you're advocating and educating other nurses, what happens with the hospital system? Is that a disconnected from what you're trying to do or is there doctors and other you know, medical companies that believe in it too? That's a great question. In our area, we have a lot of hospitals that are under one particular umbrella. And at the, as long as at the federal level, uh, medical cannabis products remain illegal. Now I'm talking medical cannabis, which is distinctly different than hemp. Medical cannabis is a entity that includes a higher percentage of THC, the tetrahydrocannabinol that is found in marijuana plants. So as long as that remains at the federal prohibited level, hospitals will not be allowing it. And in fact, I, I believe there's a few medical uh, groups and organizations that have said that we can't allow it. But on the other side of the coin, um, medical cannabis has been approved in Virginia. Uh, our first dispensaries did open in Bristol just a few weeks ago, and mm -hmm. they are now uh, you know, dispensing medical cannabis products. And with that, there is a registry in the Virginia Department of Health Professions where you can go and look up to see which doctors and which nurse practitioners have been uh, allowed to recommend medical cannabis. So in our area, again, there is a whole list of physicians and nurse practitioners who have been uh, allowed to recommend medical cannabis. So on one side, the hospitals and healthcare systems are saying no, but on the other side, they're already allowing uh, their physicians and nurse practi practitioners to recommend it for outside of the clinical setting use. Okay. And then, of course, you've got consumers possibly directly coming to you without any sort of referrals as well, I would hope. <laughs> that's correct, yes. So that's for them. I was speaking solely about the medical cannabis. Yeah. With CBD, CBD and all of the products of wellness that come from hemp, are, uh, have been made legal through the 2018 Farm Bill. And with that, any compound that comes from hemp must meet one specific standard. It must meet the uh, THC level. The, the level is 0.3% or less. So it's very negligible. Mm. When you compare that to medical cannabis, medical cannabis starts somewhere around the 10% level yeah. and up. So you can see there's a distinct difference between 10% and up and 0.3%. It's very, very negligible. So hemp is very heavily regulated. Everything that we sell in the store and every hemp product and CBD product across the country must meet that standard related to that 0.3% or less of THC. 
And, and you do both, is that what you're saying? Medical. I guess so. Do you, and you're doing both the medical and the hemp? In my store, no. Um, my store, I sell mainly retail hemp and CBD products. So they meet that standard to come from hemp at less than 0.3% THC. What, um, what's the benefit of uh, those products then with such like the low THC count? Um, what, what, what kind of benefits do they offer? They do continue to offer benefits. Well, first of all, I do have THC-free products um, okay. because I, um, first of all, I still work as a cannabis nurse in my other business. I have another business, Empirical Cannabis, which is where I work as a nurse and educating and coaching individuals who want to use medical cannabis across the country. But those individuals have approached their physician or their nurse practitioner, depending on the state, to address specific needs that have been approved through medical cannabis. In Virginia, it's let doctors decide. So that means anyone who can come to a doctor or a nurse practitioner to petition for a, a medical cannabis card is up to the physician or the nurse practitioner. Here, you don't need a medical card. Um, the CBD and hemp products are, as I said, regulated by the Farm Bill, and therefore everything in the store is a retail uh, type model where you come to the store, you talk to me, hopefully, ideally, and we discuss and educate about the, the products that could be a, a benefit to you. And then I help you understand how to use it and what to look for. And if you're taking pharmaceutical prescription drugs, we talk about that and so, so forth and so on. So really it is a, uh, it's not an end run, but it's kind of a, a, an adjunct to say, if you're not, you, if you don't want to go to the steps of getting your medical cannabis card and going to the dispensary and having to go do all of that, these products have the same effect. The benefit to having the THC, even that tiny amount, is something what we call the entourage effect. This is an effect that has been studied very um, internationally. Uh, it was proposed by uh, Dr. Ethan Russo, who, who understood from plant, a plant medicine approach at, as a physician, that these compounds within the plant, they can be isolated and that's great. We isolate already, we've isolated THC and synthesized it and put it in a pill and called it Marinol. So we can synthesize these compounds artificially, but there's no such thing as a substitute for the whole plant. And so when you put the compounds together that are in the plant, including the THC, they are more than the sum of, the, of their parts, which is the synergy, the synergism that is found in this entourage effect, where the THC contributes to the effects of uh, decreased pain, in, decreased inflammation, and in, improvements in things like sleep and appetite. So when you combine the THC, even at that small dose, it, it adds to the benefits of the products. Mm. I mean, it sounds like you, you're very knowledgeable and passionate about it, but um, so <laughs> is that what made you want to get into sort of the retail side of things, was to sort of spread that more widely that education like how oh, you absolutely absolutely yeah. there's a lot of as i said there's a lot of misinformation a lot of ignorance just because people don't know um yeah. and as i uh, i did leave my full-time position as a home health nurse in in december in anticipating opening this in april well we know what happened then but as i was out in the community uh encountering these these individuals who needed health care at home and even in the hospitals, when I was teaching and had students, 
we're seeing just an such as an increase in diseases and people who are just basically unwell, despite the fact that we have all of these medic medications and despite the fact that we have a food plate and we have the, the knowledge to, to understand how exercise and activity works and how it all should go together. And with that, it became just, just as I, uh, I opened, it's the, it's the hamster's wheel that all healthcare professionals feel that we're on is that we're spinning and spinning and trying to help our communities and population achieve the level of wellness that we know is out there, but they can't do it for some reason or other. And when it uh, dawned on me that I was going to be spinning my wheels for until, until my retirement, I thought, no, it's time to hop off of this wheel and start really doing something, even if it's just one individual at a time. Um, and I've had many individuals come in who are repeat customers already because they're recognizing that these are uh, products that can help them move toward that, that level of wellness which is why I wanted to step out of my, um, my highly successful career as a nursing professor and, and, and clinical practitioner. Don't know if I made the right decision yet, but it's still early. Well, how are you feeling? Um, are you, oh, sorry about a little, give it a second. Okay, there we go. How are you feeling about um, the future? And I know we just had the, the elections ongoing, but there's been a lot of uh, talks about legalizing marijuana and different things on that. Uh, how are you feeling? You're feeling positive? You feel like there's a shift maybe uh, coming? I do feel that there's a shift. Um, I think on the ballot, I think there were five or six states mm -hmm. that legalized recreational cannabis. Um, the and, Air Force and others. is talking about it now too. And what's that? The Air Force is talking about potentially Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The military is a big, is a big piece of this puzzle. Um, but I, I can touch on that if you like. But I, I'm very positive because overall, the majority vote in every state is just, just legalize it. Um, legalize it, regulate it. Um, as you would any other substance. We already regulate tobacco. We already regulate alcohol. Uh, who knows what else we regulate? I think we should be regulating these energy drinks, but that's a discussion <laughs> for another time. But I, I'm very positive. And in fact, the hemp industry itself is projected to just boom. So not so much the medical cannabis, because we still have a lot of hoops to go through. There are three acts moving through Congress now related to either the banking, because right now it's still all a cash business. So banking is moving through there, expungement and uh, removing prohibition is moving in there, and then letting states decide is also moving through there. So we've got activity on the federal level. We've got states that are already usurping the federal prohibition and declaring for themselves whether or not it's legal. So I think in the next several years, um, I'm banking on within the next five years, we're going to see in a huge uptake in not only the cannabis, but the hemp world because hemp can be used not only for these wellness products, but I also sell nutritional products as well. So we've got hemp seed oil and hemp seed protein and hemp pastas and hemp sauces. And that's on the food side. We can use it in clothing. Um, I sell hemp backpacks. There's hemp t-shirts. There's hemp um, pants. Levi's has come out with hemp, uh, hemp pant. Uh, there's hemp shoes. Nike has come out with hemp shoes. So we're seeing it in, in, in the, the apparel line. And now we're seeing it also in the industrial products. We're seeing hemp papers, hemp plastics, hemp insulation, hemp concrete, hemp lumber. Um, I love to tell the story about how in 1930s, uh, Henry Ford himself built a car out of hemp, hemp plastic, and he powered it with hemp biofuel. 
And it was his belief that hemp could be used instead of the minerals from the ground or the trees to, to build, uh, to, to use for paper, because it's such a sustainable plant. We call, we call it weed for a reason, um, <laughs> because it grows anywhere and it will grow in almost any soil, which is why we have these safety standards to consider, but it is going to be a huge industry and that's what I'm banking on myself. And do you get involved with the lobbying efforts at all? Because it sounds like you're very passionate about it and uh, with these bills going through, like, do you, do you help with the education or the lobbying advocating for the industry? Absolutely. Uh, I am a member of NORML. That's the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. We're not all hippies and stoners, right? We do have some credentials behind us and the organization has been around since the 1970s. And I have to give them a lot of credit because um, they did get me involved in the lobbying. I have been uh, very been, uh, very privileged and very fortunate to actually participate in several normal lobby days, both in, in Richmond, where I met and discussed medical cannabis with Senator John Cosgrove when it first went up for the vote in uh, 2000, I wanna say 16 or 17. And so, and then um, a couple years ago, I participated in the lobby day, the national lobby day in Washington, DC, where I met again with Senator Tim Kaine and uh, Congressman McEachin and discussed this, this medical cannabis benefits. So yes, um, as far as lobbying is concerned, um, I haven't had too much time lately to do that because I'm my only employee, but I am still very passionate about helping these laws, uh, helping these regulations be become enacted. Um, I know that in just this last summer, uh, Governor Northam did regulate hemp products as a food additive. So it is now a nutritional substance related to the laws in Virginia. So we're even moving a little bit faster than the rest of the country in Virginia related to how we fall on where hemp and hemp edibles lie. That's great. Getting back to the, the business for a moment, you just said like you're the only employee. Mm -hmm. And when you wanted to open back in April, did you... Did you actually remain open or did you sort of you know, close the doors and think, oh, I'll just wait a while? Uh, see. I, I, had to, I had to stay closed. Um, I, was build, I was building this place. I, was, I had to first, first of all, it took me a while to find a place because um, when uh, landlords, you have to describe what you want to do and landlords found out that I wanted to sell hemp and CBD. They're like, no, we don't want that here. So I had to move on. So when I did finally find this place and we did finally come through the, with the negotiations, because again, it became a very much a liability issue. I'm a liability. Um, you know, my, my in, insurance is double the industry standards uh, because I'm a liability of selling hemp and CBD products. So when I did finally find that place and it, we finally get signed the inked on the dotted line, um, that's when everything shut down. And so my, my store had to remain vacant. It had to remain unbuilt. It had to, but yet I had uh, stocked up my inventory in anticipation of opening in April. So my, my house looked like a CBD store, but I couldn't do anything about it until I, I got the contractors back online and, and things started to move again. So I was very fortunate to number one, not have that uh, concern that I had to shut down as a, as a successful business and then worry about it. So I was really just holding my own. I had reserves. So I was really just holding my own, trying to, to maintain until that time that I could open. Yeah. And the, the products that you have, were they like the inventory, did it last? Was, was any of it sort of dated that was like, got due dates before you could open or does it have a long shelf life? 
I had a few products that are very sensitive, like I have CBD eye drops. So because they, they are um, produced at the molecular level, they, will, they are um, very much more at risk. So the, just a few things like that. Um, other than that, hemp products are, have a very long shelf life. I think most of my tinctures are uh, one to two years. Uh, because of the way that they are packaged and because of they, the way they are made. So most of the products that I had, I was still able to use, fortunately. Nice. When you say tincture, that, is that the little bottle that has the little... The, the dropper, yes. The dropper, okay, all yes. right. <laughs> so how long have you been open? Uh, grand opening was August 1, so really just about three months worth. Um, I have uh, a great location here in Kempsville, at Kempsville Road in Chesapeake. I have a, a Walmart across the street, and uh, I'm getting most of my business, though, however, through word of mouth. Uh, I love advertising. I'm, I've been in a couple of the local um, uh, news, ma news magazines, the advertising magazines, The mm -hmm. Shopper, and then I have, of course, been on a couple radio and a couple TV shows, and I have a regular column in The Shopper now. They have asked me to contribute, and I've been on Ask the Expert on WNIS. I will be again in uh, November 14th. So word is starting to get out, and what I'm very much um, what I'm very much hopeful for is that the word of mouth is getting out. Mm -hmm. uh, individuals who are benefiting are telling under other individuals not only about the fact that I have these products, but the fact that I'm able to actually approach it from a medical perspective mm -hmm. and help them understand the use of it in relation to what they want to use it for. Right, and maybe just help people get over the stigma of it. I think that that education is so important when people, you know, hear the word hemp or, or CBD or anything, it's just like, you know, not sure where to go from there, you know, whether it's safe or anything. So I think that that is a major part of what you do. So, but you've got that background that you can do it. So, it yeah. does. That authority is, it's gotta be huge for you, especially at least personally from what I've sort of seen the trend with the hemp uh, businesses going it's no longer about like, is it safe or not? It sort of seems like almost MLM-y a little bit, the hemp stores where it's like, can you even trust, like who, who's this person who opened up a hemp store? Are they just, mm -hmm. just trying to jump on the bandwagon and trying to steal my money? <laughs> yes, and, and that's, that's where I'm trying to make my, my niche, so to speak, mm -hmm. is that um, I have many customers coming to me saying, well, I went to this other CBD store and they really couldn't tell me much about it. Yeah. Except, you know, here, use it. It'll feel, you'll make you feel better. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't have that approach. I want you to know why it feels better, why it's going to help you feel better because um, to, to, change any, um, to change any attitude or belief, you have to really empower the individual to understand from within that this is going to work. So we can call that the placebo effect, mm -hmm. but we also have to understand any motivation behind that to use a product. Why do you take a blood pressure pill? Because you believe that using this pill every day is going to bring down your blood pressure. So you, you, you put all of your faith in this pill, but you were told about that pill because your healthcare practitioner, your healthcare provider said mm -hmm. that this is what it was going to do based on the science behind it. So this is where I'm approaching it from is that I need to empower our customer base and our populations that this will work and this is why. So it's not due to science. Do not buy your uh, CBD products from a gas station or 7-Eleven because <laughs> yeah. you're getting snake oil. You're getting snake oil. And Amazon. Let me touch on Amazon. 
you know, people will bring in products that they buy on Amazon and say, this doesn't work. You know, why, why isn't this working? That's because Amazon doesn't sell CBD products. They sell hemp oil products, uh, pretending to be CBD products. So it's a lot about educating and empowering the, the, the client base. It reminds me a little bit of the time where essential oils were the same thing, buying them online. And people were like, well, that's not the real thing. And it's like, well, what's the difference? And I think a lot of that just, you know, takes a little bit of time and education. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you've got a goal, but do you have like a sort of a long-term goal, short-term goals? How have you set that up like personally and in your business? That's the hardest part. Um, as a nurse, um, I, my goals are all about helping patients achieve their wellness, their, their well-being. Um, business, I have no clue what I'm doing. Uh, my goals are to remain open and to help people. Uh, so with that, uh, I, I, I hope to be successful enough to open not just one, but more stores. Um, I do have an opportunity to expand the franchise in this area. So my goal, I guess, as far as retail side is to see more hemp havens open in the different cities. Uh, my next sites are on Suffolk because I know that that community is growing. But yeah. My other goal is really to just help un help individuals understand that these are products that are beneficial and that uh, eventually I can bounce from one store to the other, um, either meeting with people on a, an appointment type basis because they need my expertise or the customer base is such that they return to, to uh, purchase the products that have already made them well because of the recommendations made to them. So it's uh, a slow model. I know it's one uh, that's uh, found, founded on my activity, which I think is the biggest barrier because it's just me. I am all self-funded. So everything that I do comes out of my, my pocketbook. So it's only one of me and the challenge is going to be how to find more of me or at least someone quasi like me that can do all of this. And I think that is a common issue for a lot of business owners. It's like, I want another me. I need another me to yeah. help support the business. So I, I, good, luck, good luck with that. But I, um, um, are Hemp Havens, uh, the other locations, are any of them dispensaries? No. Okay. No, we don't, we don't, um, we don't dispense. So a dispensary is, again, from the pharmaceutical lingo, right? A dispensary. So the dispensaries are somewhere where it is going to be regulated by the state in which the dispensary resides. So those are typically reserved for the medical cannabis Mm -hmm. world, the, okay. the, disp the dispensary world. Uh, me, I can be considered a cannabis dispensary, so quasi-cannabis dispensary, because I do dispense uh, cannabis products, which are, which are hemp, they're really, hemp and cannabis are cousins, but I don't, you don't need a prescription, and that's where the distinction lies, and okay. we use the word dispensary. Mm. Okay. Interesting. There's a lot going on. Now, I did, I know in a previous conversation we had via email, you mentioned something about a book, is that right? Yes. So are you also an author? Yeah, yes. Um, I, I've presented at national conferences related to medical cannabis. And as I mentioned earlier, I was on the board of directors for the American Cannabis Nurses Association, where I chair the research and education committee. And um, through that, I was approached by Walters Kluwer Health Publishers to contribute to the first cannabis nursing textbook. So that will be published in uh, January of 2021. I wrote, um, I wrote the chapter two on the endocannabinoid system. 
uh, as an educator, I was the professor you love to hate. I was the professor mm -hmm. that taught pharmacology and pathophysiology and anatomy and physiology. So these are all fact-based courses. They're not theory courses. So you can't change the facts. And so with that background, I was tapped to write the physiological chapter that describes the endocannabinoid system, which is a system in our body that uses the marijuana and hemp products specifically. It, it only reacts to one product and that's found in cannabis. And so with that knowledge and foundation, I was uh, able to write the chapter describing the physiology of how the endocannabinoid system contributes to our health. Nice. And I know that's it's for nurses, but that sounds like it could actually be good for consumers too. So is there any chance that that can sort of be simplified a little bit and maybe, you know, it's part of your educational, you know, Information. It, it could be uh, it could be used for consumers. It, it's on. It's going to be on Amazon. It's already um, you can already pre-order it on Amazon, and that's the benefit. That's the beauty of it is with Amazon, anybody can order anything. There are just a plethora. There are a number of great books about cannabis. There's the cannabis itself. The plant has been researched. It's the most investigated drug in the world. And the research goes back to the 1960s on what these compounds are do and how they are used and what they what the effects that they have on the body. So there are a lot of great cannabis books out there. And now there has been a, a huge explosion on the number of beneficial CBD and hemp books as well. But yes, it will be available. It's already available on Amazon as a pre-order. It's called um, cannabis. Uh, Cannabis, uh, oh gosh, I just went blank. The Cannabis Nursing Textbook. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just yep. <laughs> yep. Or you can look it up. It's, uh, uh, the author, the editor is Carrie Clark, C-A-R-E-Y Clark, C-L-A-R-K. So uh, if you just do a Google search for it, you, I mean, uh, Amazon search for it, you can probably find it. Great. Well, we are running out of time, Kylie. So okay. if you have any more questions, go ahead. I know you look like you're about to tee one up. So maybe one more uh, question and then we'll move not on. At <laughs> not at all. We, we're, we're good on time. I think I've, I mean, I, I can ask a lot of questions, but, <laughs> but I think that was a great conversation. And thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's, it's wonderful to be belong to Retail Alliance. I didn't know this was around and I think you guys do a phenomenal job. Oh, we appreciate thank that. So really, much. really happy to belong.